Hello and welcome to the This Is Reno podcast. I am your host, Bob Conrad. We are back with a new series of four brand new episodes, one of which will be released each week for the next four weeks. If you are a This Is Reno subscriber, and I hope you are, you can listen to the whole series right now. Just head on over to thisisreno.com and click the sign in button to get access to all subscriber content. This series features Reno's creative outlets, including music, art, and literature. University of Nevada student Carly Savageo is our reporter who recorded these episodes last fall. This third episode is about Reno's theater scene. Please welcome Carly. This November, I went around Reno exploring its theater community. I started this project by sitting in at the last rehearsal of Reed High School's The Putnam County Spelling Bee, where actress and director Jill Ingstrom was helping the high schoolers with their hilarious and heartwarming play. It gives you so much culture. Um, there are all these amazing stories that are being told on stage. I think when you are an actress in a show or an actor in a show, you have to, like, suddenly you're asked to recreate emotion. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I think that you become more, more emotionally intelligent. Later, I met with her at Old World Coffee to talk about the struggles, importance, and community of Reno's theater. I, or about two weeks ago, I, I had three jobs. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle between making yourself money but also saving time to get your artistic work done on the side. Um, another huge struggle for me right now is being in Reno. <laughs> I need to move because there aren't any professional theaters here in town that, like, pay their actors. It's all community theater. Um, so to, you know, make a living, you have to do something else, obviously. I think a big step that Reno could make would be to ha- get a theater that's, you know, a real professional, hire people who work uh, or who make money acting, um, because I think that would improve the theater scene here a lot. Um, also, I know that the uh, university is starting a musical theater degree next year, so I bet that will help the situation a lot. Um, I think a lot of like the music scene in Reno is really, really strong, and I think that stems from the really strong music program. And I think expanding the theater program at UNR will have a similar effect on the community, where if you have you know more people here in general who are doing theater and musical theater, I would imagine it would branch out to the community a little more. Mm-hmm. Or I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the community theaters are very strong, but I think it's just a. Um, there's just another level involved when you have people doing it as their hobby versus their job. I think a big thing for actors and being in theater is making sure you can stay positive. You're being rejected all the time. And you just have to keep telling yourself that you know, you're good enough. It just wasn't the right timing. Um, and, and staying positive and confident in that, in yourself, and being yourself, not trying to be someone else. Later, I went to Two Soul Tea to meet with Cody Hamilton, an actor who just starred in Good Luck Macbeth's Young Frankenstein. Cody ordered an iced tea and sat down, running the wrapper between his fingers as we talked. Um, there are characters that go through 
things that you might not understand at the time, but then one day you're going to be like, oh yeah, and you're going to recall that, and you're going to remember some story somewhere about something, whatever it is. It could be traumatic, it could be joyous, it could be a lot of things. Um, and that being said, you might say, well, like, why not just stay home and watch Netflix, you know, or Hulu? But it's different when it's, it's close up, it's personal, it's palpable, you can feel it. It's alive, it's tangible, you can't pause it. There are other things I could do, I'm sure. I'm sure I could go learn to be anything else. I don't know, I took a break from acting at one point for about a year and just pursued some other things. I was never as happy. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was wasting my time. Although, you know, in, the, in theater, in the community here, like, it's all volunteer-based, for sure. So, I'm not really making money off it, but I'm getting experience, and there's a lot of other values to it. I would say it's fairly intimate. It can be fairly incestual because of that intimacy. Um, a lot of the really good people leave, and I feel like right now, it's, it's getting a little better. It's getting a little bigger, but I think that's just because of the growth of the town itself. More people, more art. We live in a capitalistic society, nothing is free. I think that a lot of the theaters are run off of grants. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I mean, yes, they get ticket sales, but you know, you go to a theater, might be a $20 ticket, they might have 100 seats. So that's two grand a night. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking in the thousands, but then also you have to pay the rights for the show. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for whatever you buy for the show. A lot of the theaters will um, share all of their costumes and stuff. They're really good about being handy and uh, helping out. I feel like a lot of theaters will communicate and help each other out mm -hmm. and let each other borrow stuff and people. I think there's more room for people, but I don't necessarily think there's funding to make it happen right now. We're becoming a real city. I think that it's going to come to a point where if we make theater more important here, it could be a business, perhaps. Mm -hmm. We just need the right person to come in and, and say that, you know, and make it happen. I went to Good Luck Macbeth to talk to Joe Atag, who works for Good Luck Macbeth, as well as Tahoe Shakespeare Company, getting lost in the process because of GLM's move from Virginia Street to Taylor, a much bigger location. Can you talk about the moving of locations? Yeah, it was a bloody nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, what we found with the other space is that eventually we couldn't, you know, we got to like 80-something occupancy of with the shows and there's really nowhere to go like there was no extra room to put extra seats in the rent kept going up the rent had gone up 25% in two years so the rent is going up which means the revenue is going down and there's no more seats to put in so other than like raising ticket prices there's really no way to grow the company at all and Chris and I never really took a single paycheck during the whole time of that era in that other space because there was only really ever money for rent and occasionally for you know and for the director's stipends that we paid and rights for the shows and so we were always just about breaking even making theater the struggle is always money frankly do you have enough money are you going to make enough money to keep the doors open mm -hmm. every theater company in town 
pretty much, I would say, is one very, very bad production away from being in trouble mm -hmm. financially because none of us are raking in money. The other struggles are in this town in terms of theatre. We now have so many theatres and other little theatre companies too, besides the three main ones, Good Luck Macbeth, RLT and Bruca. You know, we have Merry War as well, which do great stuff. We have uh, RAT, Restless Artist Theatre over in Sparks, that's doing 10 shows a year, which is a crazy amount of shows, but they do it. Um, that's a lot of work uh, to do 10 shows. Um, there's always a la you know, a scramble for every company for resources, whether that's people or materials or you know, money or whatever, you know, whether it's wood, lighting equipment, mm -hmm. cables, there's always a constant kind of never-ending need to fill roles, help get crew, get volunteers to come and work at shows and box office and get bar staff. And If you're an actor, I would say the biggest, or any kind of artist in my my opinion, the biggest struggle you have is finding equilibrium in your life between balancing out the work you want to do and the life you want to have. So you're always going to have the struggle of, do I make enough money to live? Mm -hmm. I'm really lucky because I have a year-round job. Um, so I, I work in the arts and I'm exceptionally lucky. I also work insanely hard. You know, I work very long hours between these two organizations, especially now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really still collect a regular paycheck from GLM yet mm -hmm. um, as we build this space up that will probably change um, and speaking from an economic point of view the arts is a really fantastic economic driver you know um, not just in the amount of people that it employs but also the impact it has in the community financially I mean if you look at like the Shakespeare Festival and you know the Shakespeare Festival has some kind of uh, when we look at the um, economic impact of the Shakespeare Festival, just that one organization, it's something like $12 million into the local economy. And the local, you know, the local government does put some money into those companies and all companies. The fact of the matter is, you, the artist or the director, only can control so much of what the audience takes away. Because... Art is subjective, first of all, which makes art a weird profession because people who know nothing about the thing that you're doing are the people who are judging it. Mm -hmm. They just know what they like. So there's that. But also, it's important to understand that you, as the artist, with the best will in the world, the most skill in the world, and the greatest technique, can create something you think is crystal clear in, in communicating an idea. But some fucker somewhere is going to see it and get completely the wrong idea. You can only hope that the audience takes away the message that you're trying to give and the story, and you try and make the story as clear as you can. At the end of the day, the audience takes away what they take away. Mm -hmm. You can try and, uh, you know, reach for something that you want them to have. You mm -hmm. know, you can say, I want them to feel, I want them to feel the impact of this story in this way. And you can, and you should, and you do that honestly. But what they take away from it is entirely up to them, really. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I hope uh, people leave here with uh, things to talk about. That's ultimately what, when we do a show, 
I want people to leave the play and talk about it. They don't have to love the play. I just want them to talk about it. I want them to go home or go to the bar and be like, that was fucking weird. Or that was great. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Like, did I really, like, I was really engaged by this. Or what do you think that meant? What was the purpose of that story? Why was it, you know, what was it telling us? Why pick that? Why do, you know, I want people to think about what we're doing and I want them to engage with each other about it as much as engage with us about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always nice to get feedback. People be like, that was great. Oh, that was cool. Whatever they might say. Yeah. It's very rare that someone comes up to you and says, that was absolute tripe. My name is Adriano Cabral. I am the assistant professor of acting at the University of Nevada, Reno. Primarily, I work with Reno Little Theater. Um, I'm their resident voice and dialect coach, and I'm also their uh, one of their new board members. Um, and then I act on their stage every once in a while. I think we have uh, a lot of different companies here in town, and everybody does very different things. Um, so you get a really nice flavor of what, what diversity can be in the theater, both in content and um, how the stories are told. I find that Reno Little Theater tends to stick to traditional shows, um, traditional well-known stories. Um, Good Luck Macbeth likes to explore a lot more newer work, and then Bruca likes to explore some experimental um, or off-the-beaten-path work. So you get a nice flavor of everything. I believe theater is, is there to make change. Sometimes that change is just to help us empathize with others. Um, theater gives us a platform to experience other people's stories, stories that we potentially would never have seen before. I think that's, to me, that's the most important element, is to build a community um, in the sharing of the story. I think theater can also be an action for social change. Um, we can shed new light on a current socio-political topic um, or poke fun at that thing um, and encourage people to make a change. Again, it's a, a platform where you get to reach a lot of people with one story. In terms of where we are in Reno, um, we don't have many professional, we don't have any professional houses in town um, that cast local actors. So for those of us that are in the community that are uh, professional actors or union actors, it gets really difficult for us to work locally, so we have to leave to book anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to leave to go to a place where people don't know you and try to book work there. So the seclusion of being in Reno uh, makes that a bit difficult. But really outside of that, outside of the, the location, there aren't that many going on three years that I've been here. I, I have seen a lot of growth. Being able to open up new employment opportunities in town, um, a lot more people coming to Reno that are doing the arts um, or participating in the arts has grown just in these couple of years. So yeah, I think... From what I can tell, it feels like we're in a renaissance. I'm actually oh, not okay. on the committee that's working on it, so I don't have all of the details. Okay. Um, but we have, we've hired a few recent hires that have been tasked with building a new uh, BA in musical theater. The degree will be housed in theater, but it's a very interdisciplinary degree, or it'll be housed in the Department of Theater and Dance, um, but it's a very interdisciplinary degree with heavy music training, uh, substantial theater training, substantial dance training. But we've hired a new costume designer, jazz and musical theater dance choreographer, um, a director of musical theater, and a singing musical theater voice teacher. So we're bringing in new professionals, and it's been in the works for two years, and hopefully we can launch it very soon. 
I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, we're once that launches, we'll actually be the only four-year college in the state of Nevada that offers a four-year degree in musical theater. We have training at TMCC. They have a two-year associate's degree with an emphasis in musical theater, but nowhere are we incorporating the interdisciplinary training of music theater and dance as we are planning to. Um, so I think it's going to draw a lot of people to town. I mean, musical theater, it makes money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> musical theater is a big draw for people. So I'm gonna, we're going to see a, a big increase in student numbers. We're going to see an increase of donor interest. And hopefully we're going to see a higher track of graduate placement. Because we're treating this new degree as a pre-professional training program. Um, so that the students will have, once they graduate here, will be prepped and ready to start working in the field right away. Um, and I think that's going to be really attractive because there isn't another one of us in the state, mm-hmm. members. There's a lot of talent here. Um, and I think the caliber of the work that we are, are putting out is pretty substantial. Yeah, so I'd like people to start seeing it and seeing it for the worth that it is. Um, I think a lot of times when people hear community theater, they immediately think like, oh, these like derpy folks taking a show and doing it really badly on the stage. And that's, I haven't seen that to be the case anywhere in Reno. Um, Our community theaters are really community in that they are bringing a lot of really talented people that live here together to work on a project. Um, Yeah, I think the quality of work is awesome and I'd like more people to see that. Thank you for listening. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your audio stories. As always, thank you for supporting locally owned independent journalism. This series was edited by Holly Hutchings. Please visit us online at thisisreno.com.